We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Abe. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Good. It's busy times for me at work, but uh, you know things are things are working the way they need to. Yeah. So, with that out of the way, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss <laughs> new movies weekly. We also like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, some thoughts on news of the day, or something completely different. And this is another standard bonus episode, as we've been doing here. Uh, we're going to be talking about the film Strange World, Disney's Strange World. And uh, to, to fix things up, <laughs> since we've been doing a number of these bonus episodes solo, we figured, why not bring a guest on board? So this week, to discuss Strange World with us, we have, from Ember Productions, a true New York adventurer. It's Tony Award winner, Maxwell Haddad. Hello. Maxwell! Wow, what a, what what an introduction. My family isn't that nice when I come around. So thanks, guys. <laughs> we were we we're actually gonna have a ticker tape parade for you, but you know, COVID. I walk into my my family home and they're like, Oh, hi, it's you. <laughs> You're the problem. It's you. Oh. Well, well we love you here on the show. It, oh, we you. are glad to have you here to hear here, here to talk to us about a number of movie things and whatnot for the next hour or so. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Let's see. There, there are some show notes, I guess. Mainly just that there's oh, a bunch okay. of these bonus episodes. We do have a new commentary in the works. It's all a matter about finding the time to talk about <laughs> long movies. Um, so stay tuned. We will have something uh, coming up fairly soon. And um, of course, iTunes reason ratings. We to get those. Helps out the show. Well, find us on iTunes. Search around out there and Abe and give us a rating and review. Yeah, thank you so much in advance. This feels like a regular show. I know I'm trying to avoid those things, but I figured, <laughs> you know what? I haven't done the show notes in a while. We should probably, in a while, yeah. yeah we should probably put those like things two in weeks. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of regular show subjects, uh, let's get to uh, some uh, quickies. Trademark. After that, it's been a minute. Pretty good. Uh, Maxwell, I want to go to you first. What have you seen recently? Uh, I've seen a couple of things recently. Um, I saw Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio oh. uh, at the IFC Center. Um, I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, darkly whimsical. It has really beautiful original songs, lots of emotions. It's clear Guillermo put his whole heart and soul into it. And I also really liked the uh, anti-fascist messaging. Um, which is something we could all use in 2022. So great, great movie. Um, I also, I saw it a little while ago, but any opportunity I have to talk about it, um, I really loved After Sun, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. starring Paul Mezcal. Just a beautiful film. Um, it almost felt like looking back on memories that have been trapped in your own mind. The The way that the film is crafted and put together has this really like, almost elegaic poetic quality to it and i thought for a debut film especially it was just so assured and confident in its storytelling choices so yeah those two are the ones i really wanted to mention well very cool you'll be Great. hearing more from us on this podcast about guillermo del toro's pinocchio soon enough but obviously we famously do not like guillermo del toro uh that's a very clear fact <laughs> me neither um, <laughs> the, the man who loves everybody we dislike <laughs> I've never heard a single bad thing about Guillermo. <laughs> uh, I got a few things I want to get into. Yes. Um, mainly because I, I know, Maxwell, you've seen this film as well, first up. Uh, Violent Night. Um, mm -hmm. This is the new film from director Tommy Vercola, who directed uh, the Dead Snow films, which I also quite like, as well as uh, yes. uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Um, Violent Night stars uh, David Harbour as Santa Claus, and he has involved himself in a situation that's a combination of Die Hard and Home Alone. I think this movie's a lot of fun. 
Uh, this is, uh, it, it is very silly. Uh, it has the kind of the, the, the R-rated spiritness of any kind of action movie, but the PG friendliness of a film like Home Alone. Um, <laughs> and somehow that wacky combination works out to make a very entertaining uh, dark Christmas movie. Uh, so I, I, I certainly enjoyed that film. Maxwell, were you a fan of Violent Night? I was a fan of it. Um, I think some of the writing choices in like the first act of the movie are not great. And uh-huh. and there's all these characters that we meet and I hated every one of them and was kind of like, <laughs> well, if this bad shit happens to them, they deserved it. That's fine. But everything you said is true. It is badass. It is violent. It is genuinely funny. It has those like moments of shocking violence that make you laugh. So I saw it in a fairly full audience and it was just nice to be in like the spirit of, oh, no one saw that coming. Look at that blood squirt and everyone's laughing. And David Harbour, he is awesome. He is sexy. He is funny. He looks great as Santa Claus and he is as believable an action here. Like, I know he had his Hellboy, but I feel like this should be the movie that makes him a legitimate action star. And with Stranger Things wrapping up, I think there's all sorts of fun avenues David Harbour could do in movies and sort of be really. And I know we, you know, you mentioned Die Hard, really this spiritual successor to Bruce Willis we haven't had because Harbour is so funny and has done so much other stuff, but he kicks ass very believably. Yeah. Uh, to, to harken back to like the shocking violence aspect, the without getting too far into it, there's an element I liked where it takes home alone type traps to the logical conclusion in an R-rated movie. Yep. <laughs> and, and I was very delighted uh, to, to see what that would be like. Uh, it even recalls it. it a couple of times. One, one in, involving... Wait, did you see it too? Uh, I did, but I'll talk about it afterwards. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I didn't realize <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> I, I'm just I was saving just gonna... it. <laughs> one, one trap involving attic stairs is just delightful in yes. its depravity i was like this is great more of this <laughs> well hey get into it what'd you what'd you think of Violent Night? i i wish it was a shorter movie <laughs> i i enjoyed it for a lot of things that you guys are talking about david harbour i loved watching him on the screen he's got you know uh he his range in this movie is is pretty good uh just from either uh, a weird drunk at a bar with some funny quips into a, a very heartfelt sequence with uh some radio calls with the uh, the young daughter, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. There are some other things in there that I really enjoyed too. The violence is great. Um, there's a lot of like uh, sledgehammering in this movie, which I also enjoyed. I haven't really seen that <laughs> since. I don't know. I, I don't know when the last time something like that was actually used in a movie. Because I, mean, I was thinking about Bloody <clears throat> Valentine, but that's a that's a pick. Thor's a pretty big fan of hammers. Yeah, but he's got like a short. He's got a he's got a short uh, uh, arm hammer, I guess. In any case. Um, it is, Why does it uh, always come down to comparing hammer sizes, guys? <laughs> come on, be better than that. It's 2022, guys. Come on. I I did like it for all the like John Wickness of it all, but then how they there are some actual uh, things that I really enjoyed with the musical cues. Um, they sure. are like sort of harboring back to some John Williams Home Alone type scores with uh, Harbor on the screen there, but they also kind of mix in some of the. Um, uh, like holiday jingles of the the past and the present and kind of remix it into the the score there. But yeah, I, I think that it was a pretty enjoyable movie with a crowd for sure. And if those crowds liked it, they should go check out all the other production studios that I, I forget what the name of it, like 8711 studios um, that they do. So yeah, it's, it, it's not going to be a Christmas favorite <laughs> going through uh, the years, but it's certainly going to be a, a pretty good, like, 
uh, watch for you with a family uh, and maybe even friends. I just hope that this and nobody and whatever other universal produced David Leach produced action movies become like one shared universe at some point. Yeah. So like Santa Claus yes. and Santa Claus, Bob Odenkirk and the RZA are all doing something on, you know, on Easter. Don't let them catch you, uh, you know, getting everybody upset there. I, the, the, uh, the element of, of um, uh, historical background for Jolly on St. Nick. I dug it, even though it was pretty short, but yeah, I dug it. Um, if and when there's inevitably a sequel to this, can we all agree that Mrs. Claus should just be Winona Ryder? Like, why waste any time casting? <laughs> that would be amazing. It'd be so great. <laughs> you know, they should also have those little elves as like all the other kids from Stranger Things. <laughs> it's just like a dozen Gate and Matarazos. <laughs> I was he has, he, he, he has like an elf, charm. like a really lovely elf-like quality to him. That that yeah. is a compliment. That yeah. Yeah. That, that fits for sure. Cameo um, from uh, Bernard. <laughs> oh my God! Please bring me that lovely Jewish elf. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Violet Knight. Yes, Violet Knight. Yeah, you're um, you're the ones who wanted me on the show. I'm so sorry. No, this fine. is great. What are you talking about? <laughs> Every week, Aaron and I are always giving Hollywood free movie ideas, and this is no different. <laughs> So yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, another movie I watched this week is Troll. Uh, this is the new Norwegian monster film Ooh, from director okay. War Otto. Oh, yeah. Uh, he directed mm-hmm. The Wave, a film that I also really like, a disaster film from a few years ago, that got a sequel called The Quake, oh, which was also the wave not, not directed by him. Um, and he also went on to direct that Tomb Raider movie of Alicia Vikander. Uh, but now he's back in Norway with Troll. It came out on Netflix. This It was released on Netflix over here in America this week. Uh, this movie rules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I was expecting like some fun, but this movie like gets it. This is a movie that is a Norwegian kaiju film that like takes all the right influences from King Kong and Godzilla movies and works. It's got a disaster quality to it just because of the nature of a giant force that can't be stopped being dealt with by government officials. But it like it has the exact sense of tone for a movie like this as far as treating it as seriously as need be, but also having fun without winking at the camera. And I thought it was super fun. The effects are quite good. Um, It has a great sense of logic to how this thing works as far as a massive troll uh, stomping towards Oslo goes. Um, (laughs) So no, this is... I, I like I was expecting like good stuff just because I like the wave, but like I was I was really happy with just how good this movie actually was uh, in delivering on being a troll based kaiju film. So uh-huh. uh, troll is a uh, good stuff. I'm glad I'm glad to hear this. Where did you watch? Is it on streaming or this it's is on, a screener? It's on Netflix. Okay, yeah. I I actually do you know is it was was it a Netflix produced movie or was it produced in Norway and Netflix picked it up for stateside distribution? Uh, from what I can tell, it seems like it's it, it seems like it's a Netflix original. Um, oh, fascinating! That's just coming okay. from Norway. I definitely, I definitely want to watch it because I loved the wave, and I always know a movie is worth watching when someone who knows me, who is not at all a movie person, is like, "Hey, movie guy, watch this movie." I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I will watch this movie. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, it uh it delivered the goods. <laughs> Wait, is your is your name on the street Mr. Movie Guy or Hey Movie Guy? So in high school it, in high school it was cuz there was this girl in high school who called me Mr. Movie Man. Oh. Um and especially Wait, senior you're year me and it's Fablemans is about you? 
I mean, honestly, <laughs> at times I was like, how did they get a hold of my childhood? Wow. Movie. Tony Award winner and a biography movie? Aaron, I mean, I never a... I never lived yep. in Arizona or LA, and yet it was still very close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Your war movie wasn't nearly as good, but I get it. I hear what you're saying. Um so uh getting getting back to this, uh Dr. Mm-hmm. Troll, I uh, have to go down now because I watched Disenchanted. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I, in the past few months, I've seen three Disney legacy sequels. Uh, two of them are really terrible. And one of them is probably going to make a, a, a billions of dollars in the next few weeks and is a much more delightful experience. <laughs> um, so, but uh, this Disenchanted movie, whoa. Um, I know uh, Matt Negley had talked about it on the show like a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really bad. Um, I... It it very much feels like the the worst example of what you do when you have like the Disney Plus budget to make a sequel to a hit film. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the the worst of the direct to DVD Disney sequel, the direct direct to video DVD Yikes. sequels of Disney back in the day. You give me some PTSD here. It's uh, it's bad. Like not, <laughs> like there's nothing clever about it. Simba's pride bad. <laughs> Just keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> it's just yeah it's uh on a scale of simba's pride to lion king one and a half where we where we (laughs) landed i've always heard one and a half is pretty pretty solid one Uh, and a half is is top tier disney straight to video it's it's like it's like those aladdin's and like enchanted christmas are like like the good ones yeah jafar's (laughs) revenge is good yeah or return of jafar whatever it's called but uh, Lion King one and a half is basically Disney's version of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. They took yeah. they took from Tom Stoppard, which yeah. is always a good idea because he's kind of brilliant. Yeah, and they and they yeah. swear a lot more. And I made that up, but um, <laughs> the are filthy. But yeah, no, like whatever one would hope for in seeing like the return of Adams and Dempsey and all these people doing more of this thing, it's like whatever that like the worst possible result seems to have come out of that, and it's a shame. I can see why it went to Disney Plus. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but to bring things back up now, because I don't want to keep focusing on this crappy. Oh yeah. Um, I've watched Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Hey. Um, as I'm so excited for this movie. As some may remember, I believe friend of the show Adam Gentry and I we saw Puss in Boots back in like 2011, like during the first year of this podcast, and we were delightfully surprised by how much we enjoyed that movie, particularly Zach Galifianakis as his performance as Humpty Dumpty. Um, <laughs> So, like, seeing that there was a sequel to this, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I like the first Puss in Boots. Uh, this movie's great, too. <laughs> this movie's really fun. Um, what, much like the bad guys from DreamWorks earlier this year, it seems like they just, like, watched Spider-Verse and were like, we need to also be this good at things now when it comes to our mm-hmm. animation. Because the stylization in Puss in Boots, much like the bad guys, seems to have taken, like, the right lessons uh, yeah. as far as just making something look unique and interesting and as if concept art is coming to life um it kind of goes back and forth with that like it's a little bit of like the standard shrek style scene in puss in boots but like when it gets into the action or kind of fantastical sequences or what have you it like amps up the kind of unique art style and is really cool on top of that 
this is basically the animated version of Pain and Glory starring Antonio Banderas. Like the what? story at play is like a meditation on one's life and death. Uh-huh. And it's really fascinating when you like strip away the fact that it's an animated movie about Puss in Boots, let alone a sequel, and boil it down to what are we trying to do here? And the movie has an actual answer to that that's quite intriguing. I'm not going to say this is like the best animated movie of the year because it's been a pretty damn good year for animation. Uh, mm-hmm. But I still really enjoyed this movie uh, quite a lot. So whatever lacked the very Shrek sequels, this Post of Boots franchise seems to be going with full steam. Uh-huh. Maxwell, sorry. Um, I heard someone say it is DreamWorks' Logan. Wow. That's a fair and so state. I can see why. That, yeah. Some of what you were saying resonates with that. I'm I, I'm excited for this movie. I like the first one, but, but what you said about... Um, how the art style almost looks like concept art comes to life. I felt from the trailer and I'm obsessed with concept art. Like if any animated movie puts out an art of book, I have hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. It looks so beautiful. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly <laughs> delivers like it, as a, you know, the holiday surprise that I really was expecting. It's like, yeah, Puss in Boots movie solid. <laughs> so, uh, I'm glad to hear, yeah. you know, the, the last time an avatar came out, the, the, kids counter programming was uh alvin and the chipmunks the squeakle so this is a, a lot better in that realm as far as what martha else kelly see. classic <laughs> speaking of zach Valken- Galifianakis. <laughs> i'm glad that you just have that on hand as far as <laughs> she's been on doug loves movies a lot she just she swears by that movie okay <laughs> <laughs> well that's how now quickies great back Let's move on now. Let's do, before we get to our main interview, let's do a little brief trailer talk, since everyone that saw Strange World also saw the trailer for Elemental, the upcoming Pixar film. Uh, if it's from director Peter Song, who's been involved with the studio for a long time, and he, I believe, directed The Good Dinosaur, as right. far as his record goes. Uh, he's also the- been a voice actor in uh, Luca. Yeah. He's one of those. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's in your Vespa's henchman. Uh, he, he's the main character in Ratatouille. He's a male. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, good job, little chef. So <laughs> exactly right. Oh no, wait. Sorry, no. Emil's his brother. Yeah. Oh, Emil's oh, his brother. Sorry. My yeah. bad. My bad. Okay. I'm a failure at everything. No. Sorry. I what I did there was I waited for you to figure out that you needed to correct yourself before doing it myself. No, that's that's what I did. But he he is socks and lightyear though. That is true. Yes, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. As I as I tried to say much brief much more in a more brief manner, I said he's been involved with the studio for a long time. <laughs> you see, Sorry. I, I avoid any errors by doing it that way. That's 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 the that's the. <laughs> we just wanted to call out some of his great work. Uh, yeah, good. Well, he's directed this from Elemental. It's seemingly surrounding a world where the various elements of Earth all exist as in you know in, in beings that live together. Uh, the film features the voices of Leah Lewis and Mamadou Ati. Uh, curious, Maxwell, what did you think of the, this brief trailer for Elemental? Ignoring the mind-numbing intellectual debates that can and will occur about the logistical functionality of this world, like wouldn't like fire and water just cancel each other out and everyone would like mass die on a daily basis? Um, I think it looks beautiful. Uh, I think it's going to tackle some really mature adult themes. And the fact the main character is named Ember and I have a theater company and YouTube channel called Ember Productions. I was like, oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Maybe we can call <laughs> Disney and do a tie-in next year. Hmm. Hmm. You're a Tony Award winner. You have some pull. 
you know, Bob Bob's back in the the big chair, Iger, and uh, you know he listens to the show. Big Bob Iger, as we call him. Exactly. Yeah, Abe, that's what we call him. Abe, where are you at with this? I am digging that there's like a subway uh, commute vibe to this. Um, there certainly seems to be a lot of uh, you know things that I like about the, the Pixar network, Pixar Studios for sure. But at the same time, I'm just really uh, excited for another Pixar movie that's going to be in theaters. That's a good point actually yeah i actually look forward to seeing pixar movies in theaters because that is a great point wonderfully animated films that certainly deserve big screen treatment in that regard um i do like that the voices are leia lewis and mamadou ati as far as those are not giant movie stars that is not a knock against giant movie stars appearing in animated films but when pixar makes that choice it feels like there's a specific reason as far as we found people that fit what we want for these characters um and that is a uh, that hope that gives me hope as far as like, hey, we're doing something that you know we want to tap into a certain kind of story. We need uh, we, we don't need you know major celebrities to pull this off. We want to do something a little more maybe introspective or what have you. I mm-hmm. certainly am curious how this world works, and it'll come down to whether this is a cars or a cars two. Abe and I famously prefer in cars two because we were more intrigued <laughs> by the world thriller based on that movie versus cars, where it's like, how does this world work? Uh, compared to how does this world work? That's what I want the question to be when I watch Elemental as far as hmm, how does this all work? Um, but we only have so much to go on. I dig the trailer well enough. Uh, we'll see what it's got. June 16th, 2023. Oh, that's that's hey. my birthday weekend. I love that. There you go. Oh. There you go. Pixar has a rich, rich history of releasing films on my birthday weekend, that weekend in June. So thank you, Pixar. I had a lovely Monsters U birthday party one year, and then another year I literally had an Edma Mode cake before we went to see Incredibles 2. It's perfect. It's good stuff. Thank you, darling. I am 35. Uh, yeah. Weirdly, that cake had a cape on it, and it was like, oh, this would be against her. She wishes yeah, she would have been. I I, I I ate the entire cape myself. It was oh. a cape cake. Yeah. Hashtag cakes have capes now. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I said that the first time without stumbling, I feel is rather impressive. That's pretty but... good. Yeah. Off the dome. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on from that. Let's get to now. Let's get to our main review for Strange World. Mr. Clade, I'm a huge fan. Oh, thank you. Of your dad. <sighs> Do you think you could forge his autograph? What? Where in the world are we? Ethan, you brought the dog? Sorry! We are clearly in uncharted territory. Whoa. Hello. You probably don't understand a word I'm saying. Of course I understand you. Huh? <laughs> Dad? Dad? Grandpa? I'm a grandpa. That should have been some of the trailer for Strange World. This is a story about adventurers. Inspired by the works of Jules Verne and pulp-style stories, the film follows the Clade family who live in the land of Avalonia. Jaeger Clade was an adventurer who hoped to discover what lie beyond the endless mountains surrounding their homeland, only to go off on his own, becoming lost in the process. Years later, his son, Searcher Clade, has become known as a town savior due to his own discovery, but when it comes under threat, he must go on a search for answers. Inadvertently joined by his wife and son, the Clades eventually find themselves journeying to, journeying to a to new depths, discovering a colorful underworld in the process, as well as the family's long-lost patriarch. This is the 61st animated Disney film uh, from directors Don Hall and writer uh, Keen Nguyen from the team behind uh, Raya and the, La- and the Last Dragon. Maxwell, 
I'm curious, what were your thoughts on Disney's Strange World? So I I, I feel like this is going to be one of those movies where I am standing at the top of the bleachers wearing pom-poms, screaming its merits while everyone else is shrugging or as is case of the box office, unfortunately not seeing it. I was like absolutely taken by this movie. From the get, if you have a movie and your main characters are named Searcher Clade and Jaeger Clade, I'm already in. Like those are like terrific pulp sci-fi names. And and I love those vibes going throughout this movie. You know, it has throwbacks to like the classic adventure serials and sci-fi, black and white sci-fi movies from like the 50s and 60s. So it's a lot of fun in that regard. I thought the world building was cool. Some of the visuals were so trippy. Like we have a lot of movies where they they take us to fantastical worlds. And I find that, you know, and this is not a blanket statement, but a lot of times the strangeness of the world or the design, it feels like it's lacking a certain spark or imagination. It feels a little more standard than you would hope. And I think the world in this movie is so delightfully strange and weird and sort of clever in what it reveals itself to be that I was just like laughing heartily on the inside. But it's also a really beautiful movie about fathers and sons and acceptance and and, you know, generational trauma in so much as you don't want to, you know, be, be the same problematic force in your life that maybe your father was, but you take all the wrong lessons from that and pass down the wrong thing. So I thought the way it explored the generations of fathers was and sons was fascinating. And it's also just a really like I felt casually inclusive movie it's it felt like a world where all sorts of people exist and we're going to talk about it and everyone's cool with it um there was one scene and and i'm not going to spoil it are we going to do spoilers after probably not yeah but... we could probably be pretty vague on some of the twists later on but... okay well it's not a twist but there's one scene where a character tells another character something about himself and i was bracing myself mm -hmm. for a, a sort of uh, aggressive reaction or or a sigh of some kind and the fact that it was just so casually accepted um really touched me and resonated with me a lot so the vibes for this movie for me were just really top-notch all right abe where are you with strange world i think that there's a lot to take away from strange world from uh like a really wonderful standpoint i definitely agree with maxwell that there's really cool callbacks to old adventure stories that you've seen in the past or even like indiana jones to some degree or uh, all these like you know not even pulpy but like these kids comic books that you probably grew up reading um and really loving and enjoying um i think that the world that they created here like it looks fucking amazing like i was completely blown away by the animation uh, when they finally uh, get to uh, you know this this dual layer, I suppose, um, in this uh, movie and it, everything that they've created there, everything that like I thought that they were just going to do some things from the trailer that I saw, but they go above and beyond and they kind of just really make uh, a whole lot of things uh, filled with like life and animation, and then they they go even further by by you know. Uh, there's like another element of the movie that they go even further on, which makes it ultimately like even more interesting uh, of a world that they live in. Um, but I did have some problems with it. And the problems that I had, this is sort of kind of something that I've, I've faced with some of the Disney movies of recent is that sometimes the story just feels like it, it has to like peak and Valley quite a bit uh, to get where it needs to go. 
which is not a knock on like uh, storytelling. So it's just more of, okay, well, this feels a little bit inorganic or maybe there wasn't enough time to like let this part breathe out a little bit. Um, and then I think that there was just some, not like lack of character development, but it comes in throughout the whole entire movie uh, in very piecemeal ways. So I couldn't really get with some of the, uh, things that that searcher is going through versus Jaeger, like or uh, even some of the things that happen to um, uh, other members of the team uh, as they're on this expedition uh, down this uh, beautiful planet. But um, yeah, on the whole, I, w- I was kind of not conflicted, but I, I certainly appreciated a lot of what I saw here. Uh, and then I also really appreciated that it 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 blew me away from the standpoint of okay, I wasn't expecting that, but I certainly had some some kind of like gripes with some of the story and some of the writing. I found this film quite enjoyable. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put it up in the same league as certain other recent Disney films uh, that I certainly really appreciated a lot, say Zootopia, for example. But like, I certainly felt it uh, did a good job of being the kind of if we go back and forth between musical Disney film, adventure Disney film, musical Disney film, I thought it was quite good. Um, it, um, like you guys have mentioned, it does have a great handle on how to deliver something that seems otherworldly as far as this strange world is concerned, um, yet still feeling fitting for the, in the realm of things like Journey to the Center of the Earth or various serials or what have you. Like it has this kind of understanding of how to make something that looks decidedly weird but still fits as far as being part of an adventure story Uh, i will say despite what i just mentioned about the world i like that we get a good chunk of time spent in not the strange world to just learn about these people and 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 be involved in this family like i liked just seeing the clay daily life with searcher um meridian his wife and ethan just kind of being on their farm and doing their thing. Don't like, forget Legend. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. The dog and the dog Legend. Um, the three legged. What a legend. what a good boy. What a yeah. good good boy. Ugh. Like that stuff was like I could just watch a movie about this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. was, I, was, I was enjoying that. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a whole weird adventure we have to go on. Uh, but once we get it down there, like <laughs> it has plenty it, to deliver on as far as cool action sequences and like you know interest you know funny comedy stuff involving the creatures that are down there and their interactions or what have you. Um, I do think the the pacing seems to get a little bit lost in the second act as far as like where sure. we're going with the story. I will say I liked where we do get to as far as understanding what this strange world is and what we learn about the whole gist of what's going on. And and of course, you know, uh, Dennis Quaid is Jaeger Quaid coming back and like just the way it Dan heals it deals with having the you kind know, of multiple fathers and sons and those relationships. That was I felt like that was a lot of fun, but also it it accomplished what it needed to as far as getting into these family bonds and what have you. Uh, like there's just good stuff there uh, to, as far as character interaction goes. So it's like, yeah, this movie like I just felt like it was a solid adventure story. I I wish it maybe engaged more of like the pulp vibe a little bit, but at the same yeah, time yeah. it's like well it's a Disney movie, so I get it's trying to go for you know mild feels as well. But uh, no, I had a good time with this. I had a question for you guys just around. Um where you guys have been with the last Disney movies. And also the follow-up question to this uh, would be, what happened to the Disney marketing here? Well, we'll get to the marketing because that's a yeah. whole different story. Like what to let the last Disney, what we had Encanto, Raya, Frozen 2, still Frozen. Fro- yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that what they called it now? That's officially its title? Uh, Ralph Broke the Web. Um, 
that's that's the asylum version <laughs> um, and it's spelled r-a-f l-f ralph moana zootopia big hero max maxwell where, are you, where where have you been with like disney stuff i have been pretty positive on all of them to varying degrees of course like i like raya but i think encanto is potentially an all-time great uh disney animated musical that uh at my household we have probably watched 15 to 20 times is like comfort background movie. Oh, so you guys are talking um, about Bruno all the time. Oh, we we talk we we both have matching uh Disney spirit jerseys with Bruno on it that actually have hoods. Oh, wow. So yeah, we're very much an in but I also I thought Frozen 2 was better than Frozen, which may be fighting words for some, but I feel very strongly it has a better emotional journey and better songs. Mm-hmm. Um and and even some like some of the other ones were were pretty fun. I think they've had a really solid run and they're trying a lot of different things. Um, the one thing I want them to try more than anything else is please just make another hand drawn movie. I that would agree with all of that. All of what you just said, I agree with. Even if I don't like some of the movies as much as you, I do think that there's a, been an experimental quality to a lot of what they've been doing that's mm-hmm. felt inspiring in the ways that Disney's supposed to be. How about you, Abe? Are you have you been on the Disney train? Are you still on it? I, 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 I've kind of been not like hopping off of it, but I've kind of just been like, well, I've been around this bend before. I guess I'll wait for like the the next uh, turn so that we go down a valley or or what have you. Just around so the river bend. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have I have a pet raccoon. I don't know if you know this. Um, we sing every morning, but um, yeah, there's certainly been a lot of like really great things like i thought encanto was really good but i also had problems like the third act where aaron you mentioned some of the pacing i had some of the some weird pacing story issues with the third act of encanto um just how quickly they resolved that and then i've had some issues with some uh with raya but you know moana i thought was solid too but i also had some third issue third act issues there too so it's kind of been um i i the reason why i asked is because i i guess i kind of feel the same with this movie um, where there might be some things where it, it's very family friendly and then it just it kind of just not veers away, but it certainly has to uh, connect a lot of dots to get to the end of the movie. And that's kind of where I think that something like um, Laika or something like even DreamWorks to some degree um, and Pixar for sure, where they, they kind of just like dig in their heels into like a few storylines and, and sometimes push the envelope. Sometimes they don't have to, but yeah, I, um, I can I certainly can see the the four quadrant appeal of this movie for sure. Well, that's what's supposed to have at the end of the day. I mean, that's yeah. you know it, it can be challenging and still have like you know mainstream appeal all over it. Right. But I, but I and I you know I agree with you to, to varying degrees. I, I wouldn't say I found it too much of an issue. Like I like this movie quite a bit. Um, yeah. Even Maxwell likes it more than I do. But like I do think the I think the revelations that we get are. Um, Honestly, just with, quite intriguing. With the world, right? With the world, yeah. I yeah. think they're quite intriguing. And I like that the, you know, balancing that against the characters, I like that the drama involving these characters is just rooted in, how you know, a legacy, essentially, as opposed to sure. being more, much like Maxwell, you pointed out, just the, the fact that, you know, this movie, you know, features a gay character that is a non-issue in this movie and there's there's nothing like that the movie doesn't hinge so is there, on so is his marriage the, you know? the, the the movie doesn't hinge on these factors right. to make some kind of point and uh so like the, the idea that it has this kind of you know a more you know the stakes matter in this movie based off reasons that would matter to every character and not just because right. of some character you know being of a certain kind of way 
So there certainly has been a public that Jubiki White Young's character is, is an open character in this movie. Um, thoughts on that? And you guys, I, I agree with you guys in large part that this this world just doesn't really, it is like, it's just so ordinary. Like, you know what I mean? And I was For, happy to see that. I, one thing I love about the casting is, and I'm not going to say that only queer actors should play queer characters, but I thought particularly for this um, queer teenager of color to have, you know, he's a little older than that, but to have an actor who is queer and who is of color and has made that very much a part of his stand-up act, it was just really smart casting. And he also happens to be really funny and talented and does a great job. But those sort of things, like, even though this movie isn't making a ton of money, those sort of things matter and people... When they, you know, when when the right person sees that happen, it can potentially validate their entire existence in a world where there's an increasing amount of outspoken hate towards all sorts of marginalized groups. Um, so it's just those sort of things matter to me, and and I, I applaud Disney for doing it, and I shun those like Ben Shapiro who are lamenting some sort of Disney gay agenda where they're actually just accurately reflecting the legitimate existence of this very beautifully diverse world we live in. Exactly. And yeah. now I will step down from my soapbox and see <laughs> the floor. Just, it's it's the it's natural next steps. I mean, as slow as the progress is when it comes to, you know, mass media and embracing of various cultures, it's no different than mm-hmm. when they started animating black characters um, and not in a caricature way in Disney films. Sure. It's like, it's just, there's a wide open world out there. Uh, right. There's just, and, there, and you know, as the time goes on, there's more and more people working on these films that want to make sure to, incorporate all of these things what i like about this film is that it makes me scoff at the live action disney films that attempt to do the same thing but worse um as far as trying to pat themselves on the back for saying hey look at what we did or this movie just like whatever like here <laughs> like it's it's such a non-issue are you talking about disenchanted again <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no yeah, i didn't think of it at all i was thinking more of like avengers no. or beauty and the beast i know <laughs> like, yeah where it's like, hey, by the way, you know, one of the Russo brothers was in that support group and he mentioned that he had a partner. Like, okay, well, you know, that was one, that was 15 seconds. Why, why, why are you screaming that, that at me, sir? Disney. That release. feels that <laughs> I, I love, I love that movie, but that, that feels like tokenism. I That's can, like, yeah. we, that we want, we it's, want you to notice that we're doing this and applaud us for, for it sort of thing. It's not even like yeah. the movie itself. It's more of Disney's, the way they handled it after the fact. They're like, Hey guys, guess what? We did all these interviews to make sure we told, we did, we told, we told everybody about this. Um, can we, can we talk about, oh yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about some of the weird stuff in this movie. Yeah, please. <laughs> There's a lot oh, of yeah. weird things. Uh, did you guys, for one thing, did you guys like, what's it, Splat or whatever the hell it is? <laughs> the cool movie. spot? Oh my god. Uh, it is cool spot. I, that is great. That is so it is like cool I, I bought a Disney does not have much merchandise for this movie, but uh-huh. I did buy a splat plush and he is my son now. <laughs> nice. I did like uh splat. I, I liked that it was I wasn't sure at first. I was like, okay, well I know that this is quote unquote a bad guy. Um and I don't like that he's gonna take Jubiki White's character, young white's character to to these like you know, weird eating to his possible death. Exactly. (laughs) But then I was like, well, you know, his color is blue and the other colors are are orange and red. uh, So maybe he he's different. And then, yeah, you know, it's just about understanding, man. Uh, So I I did like uh, some of the fringe extraterrestrial weird, like, you know, non subhuman, non-human characters. I I dug him. 
especially the uh the brontosaurus rehabitating like the planet kind of thing that that was really fun like those are cool. yeah the the movie has a lot of like very eco-friendly vibes and 100%. um uh, Aaron before when you were talking about how much you enjoyed the earlier parts of the movie where you're just watching their life that felt like a very utopian progressive society that they lived in very right. much about farming and growing and foresting and and you know low carbon emissions and that was really cool to see too yeah that that theme of you know we should take i mean even jubiki's character i mean what is his character's name ethan ethan, ethan has a game in this in this they really movie dropped that... the ball there you have searcher jaeger meridian and ethan like, okay well, I, mean... I think i, I think that's the point good I, right i i think that was like a, an act of defiance from searcher to be like i will not be like my father yeah. and name my kids something stupid Here's like finder i mean this is, this is my this yeah, is my son like Finder Cage. Something. <laughs> <laughs> something even more boring than Ethan. Yeah. No, this but, is Bob uh, Bob Cade. Yeah, that would actually be hilarious if it was just Bob. <laughs> this is my son I, Bob. Because I could see him being a cool guy. Uh, but uh, no, there there even in the movie, there's a game where you know Ethan is talking about how you're not supposed to fight everything. You're supposed to like live in harmony with the world. But also beyond that, there's a huge message. Uh, about just uh hey man if we don't do something about this carbon footprint that we have going on in the real world it's gonna be game over for uh, the future generations here and um that one was it wasn't lost on me but at the same time i um i did i i don't really think that i've ever seen a movie where it's like uh they have not expressly blamed but more of like hey the previous generations you guys have have really put us in a huge hole here and i think this movie kind of took that that uh, step and I was, I was kind of proud of that i mean we're seeing more and more movies embracing that sentiment but i get what you, i agree with you like it is very directly doing it here right um in, in a way that i mean makes sense to me um, it is yeah. palatable um speaking of this world some more because it's just yes. weird like how do you even phrase this like do you <laughs> were you guys surprised by like what's going on with this world by the time we have a better understanding of it. Sort of. But at the same time, what we all talked about with like these old comic books and all these uh, other things, like I kind of wasn't also like if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender, things like this happen. Um, or other movies like the the uh, never. You don't need story. to give you any examples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what um, I mean? where it's like I, I wasn't too surprised, but also I was like, Oh, I like that this is here and it's it's kind of unexplained. I will say it is not something I necessarily predicted, but when we come to the realization, I feel like the movie did a good enough job of actually pretty accurately showing you that that what that's what's going on where it doesn't feel like it came out of left field. I agree because I felt yeah. just I was like, oh, this in. makes this makes so much sense. Yeah, I, I felt locked in by the time it just like gave me that extra bit of clarity. And I was like, right. yeah, OK, all of this adds up really well. I, I like yeah. what and I had a really good laugh about it, too. <laughs> and I and I like how it makes the things we're seeing make a level of sense. Like, yeah. It's just like that's neat. I like what that was. I have broader questions as far as. Yeah. I'd be more like what else is going on as far as my mind goes as far as like so how else 
it, like an intriguing way. Are as there far others? As like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what would Strange World Two be? <laughs> like, it's like, right. I, I, I yeah. have an idea. <laughs> I I largely like the idea of, hey, you thought this is a world world here? Let's go even weirder. Yeah. And then I also dug that the animation style has changed. It's some like something that you just mentioned about yes. um, Puss in Boots, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, it's, I mean, it, it, there's like even three layers of animation to some degree because they have like the comic book art type of animation, like the flat. 2D animation mm-hmm. uh, in the early parts. And then it kind of gets into regular Disney animation stuff. And then you get the world uh, and it's beautiful. And, and then colorful. you get, yeah, and very colorful. And then you get this other part where it's just like, oh, I guess this is the same movie, but I'm, I'm glad that they uh, they thought long and it feels like a, a lot of ideas in this movie and they, they just executed on them, which I I appreciate very much. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, well, this movie's bombing, it's because they spent a lot of money on it, but the money's there. <laughs> it certainly shows that yeah. they, put the, they invested in creating all of this because it ain't cheap <laughs> to make a movie like that's, this. That's right, it's not cheap. I watched the credits. My friend's in the credits, which is great. Um, but I have a question for you guys just in terms of um, the... Uh, there was like one character that sort of gets attacked. And I was thinking to myself, hey, does this guy come back? Uh, what did you guys think of that? that oh, he sequence? dies. He straight up <laughs> dies. Um, he's dead. <laughs> he is not going to be in Strange World 2. Um, and I, <laughs> but I, I, I you, so you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, because yeah. because of who voices him and what he's supposed to be calling back to that that made me laugh, um, uh-huh. especially because he dies. Um, but it's <laughs> what I what I like is I was I wanted to talk about too. Kind of the sense of danger in this film is quite high, uh-huh. um, and that's something that Disney I do think does well with these movies, whether they be the musicals or the adventure ones, is that they. <laughs> They know how to make great action sequences. <laughs> like, there's a couple of chase scenes in here that I think are rather effective. Uh, you yeah. know, there's one where they're going into the strange world uh, that's very vertically uh, inclined, and I, I appreciated the kind of back and forth work with the different ships they have and the things that are attacking them. Like, just cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a basically a motorcycle chase later in this movie. We're like, yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Like, there's just cool stuff here. So. The fact that they're, you know, we early on get a actual character death to emphasize that everything's not fun in games. Cool. Like I, I'm into the fact that it went to that level. You yeah. know, like when you when you will look at the reasoning behind an MPAA decision and and it says peril. This movie actually lives up to the notion of having peril. Because I'll watch a movie and sure. be like, the MPAA lied to me. This movie had no legitimate peril. I would like a refund. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, home on the range. Take that, MPAA. <laughs> we know you're listening. We saw the documentary. What's um, the documentary that, called? This film is not yet rated. Yes, yeah, this one. film is not yet rated. Uh, there's one other thing I want to say. Uh, I, I just, I think as we time goes on, this movie is going to end up sort of being this generation's Atlantis. Yeah, um, which did that. which did do a little better than this box office wise, but I still feel like even to this day is one of those undersung uh, Disney animated movies that a lot of people don't like or don't really know about. But that's a really well done, fun sort of sci fi adventure. Yeah. Um, I love that movie, too. I actually have uh, art from it up in my house. But I think those two these two movies are like interestingly positioned even within the context of what else Disney was trying around that time right? and how it, it's sort of an outlier. Yeah. They're, they're interesting bookends for sure. It's better than That's Treasure a great Planet. point. Oh, yeah, I was going to say like they were doing interesting things, especially like with Treasure Planet, but uh, Atlanta's was Matthew Modine? Michael J. Fox. Michael, oh, who am I thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. Get this Modine talk As Milo, here. right? 
Yes. And that is okay. that it is another movie that also very much shares the storytelling tropes that Avatar shares. Yeah. Uh Last Airbender or it, Blue People? Uh Cam James Cameron. Cameron's. Okay. Okay. It has that like Pocahontas storytelling element. Yeah, white guy comes in, does really good. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the culture? <laughs> I uh, just wanted to touch on the voice acting very quickly. Um, I didn't know that this was Dennis Quaid. Uh, really? I was like, who is? Yeah, I was like, oh. who is this guy? And then when I found out it was Dennis Quaid, I was like, oh, this is just uh, like his movie with Louis Gossett Jr. So uh, where he gets lost on a planet, grows a beard. There you go. It's the enemy mind part two. Yeah, it's a it's a day after tomorrow reunion. That's, you know. they, oh, that's yeah. That's are they father and son in that movie too? I I'm gonna answer that question, but I'm curious. What's the other possible combination of those two in that? Movie? One of them just uh, you know his uh, one of them's a scientist for, for the United States government, and the other one's Jake Gyllenhaal, just a teenager. College yeah, they're father, they're father and son. The whole thrust of that movie is Dennis Quaid's trying to he's trying to like, get back to his he's son. trying to hike across he's hiking across um <laughs> across the frozen wasteland of the of the Midwest <laughs> to get back to his son. That's not a nice way to describe the Midwest. We have listeners. Who's with there. him? He has he because he has what's his name? He has the um. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, Clearly, yeah, it's a character actor. Um, uh, J.O. Sanders. He has J.O. Sanders with him. Who's like, yeah, like the coach in the Big Green. J.O. Yeah. J.O. Sanders, who was just uh, on Broadway this year in Girl from the North Country, giving a really lovely performance. Oh, and he pops up in Bardo, the Inaritu film, for some reason. What? Was just like, <laughs> oh, it's it, a very Mexican film, and somehow J.O. Sanders. Can't wait to watch that one. <laughs> yeah. I I do want to watch that movie. Um. There was a um there was a clip from the press tour that sort of went viral where Jake and Dennis were in the room and the interviewer brought up the fact that they had played father and son before and Jake I don't know if he was serious or not it was probably a bit just pretended to be thoroughly shocked by this information as if he had completely erased the existence of Day After Tomorrow from his memory he's not in that movie he wasn't on that set he didn't know Dennis Quaid played his dad and it's really really funny. It is very funny. I love and awkward I, pause moments. And, and I entirely oh yeah, the, believe, and then the room goes silent. I entirely <laughs> do believe it's a bit because Joe and I was just weird that way. He, but yeah, like, exactly. But he's, he's a weird guy. But I still like the way he plays it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I also possibly, possibly wanna, also yeah, because ahead. it was probably mentioned to him multiple times throughout the entire press run. It's the like, entire oh, press good. run. You feel like you're the first clever guy to say this to me. Thank you for that. Um, I, feel like I mean, you know, you get you get eight minutes with these with these folks, and they hear the same questions. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I also, well, here. Uh -huh. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say like, uh, go ahead, Maxwell. Uh, there was just one interesting thing I wanted to bring up, and uh, you know, Dennis's brother Randy is a certain way. And uh -huh. so there are a lot of rumors that Dennis was also very much in those ways. But I feel like the fact that he played this character and is in this world might mean that maybe he's not quite that right, as people say. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't rejected by the aliens for real in Independence Day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, he got he got his revenge in that movie. He's back. He's uh, back. Hashtag up yours. <laughs> <laughs> But I was gonna say that uh, I I love the um, the bits and boops in this movie, like the sounds that they've created for all these weird creatures. Uh, so again, it just seems like it's a, a fairly like thought out what we want this world to be, how cool we want it to be, um, and uh, it, yeah. As far as the other voices go, because you have Gabrielle Union and Lucy Liu playing, you know, you have 
a union as as the as um Serger's wife as Meridian, yeah. and you have Lucy Liu as like the the president of Avalonia slash adventure woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she she changed careers after she uh, decided not to go over the mountain. But she, by the time she was doing both at the same time, she's like, I'm the president of Avalonia. Also, I'm leading an exploration using fancy sci-fi ships to go into the center of the Earth. Uh, yeah. So it's like, okay. Uh, but I, I do think they did a both good job. Lucy Liu bringing a lot of energy in this role. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think of her as like an energetic voice actor. Um, sure. So it's like, oh, okay. This is, this is, this is different. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not like the character that you voiced in Kung Fu Panda, Snake, where you just say things in. I w- I was uh, delightfully surprised that she actually does a voice. Yeah, and not just using her own voice, which is fine. But she tries something and does a character, and it I think it works. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else about this movie? Talk a lot about. Well, let's talk. Okay, the let's score's, talk about the score is good. The score is good. Henry Jackman does a good score. Yeah, I was yeah. curious who was doing it too because it was evoking a lot of different themes for me. And I was right. like, is it Silvestri? No. And then it got to no. Henry. Jackman. I was like, oh, good, good for you, Henry Jackman. <laughs> yeah, he. It's it's a little out of what he he's done, but it's really fun. Yeah, I've exactly. listened to it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk about the question I had earlier? So, yes. Aaron, uh, what happened to the marketing in this movie? Tell me, no tell idea. me in the Hollywood inside. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? Okay. Uh, well, no. I mean, the 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 better version of this is bob chapik who was uh up until a few weeks ago the head of disney um mm-hmm. seemed to have this idea that theaters are dumb and everything should be just a commercial for disney plus uh which seemed to be what happened here as far as yeah okay we'll send this movie to theaters but i i don't really care and i'm not gonna you know do much to promote the fact that we have a very costly animated feature going to theaters and so we'll just have mm-hmm. very little advertising for it i mean that's that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It's a very odd decision. And then, you know, someone got fired. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the things add up when you keep doing this to the movies. And then you're wondering, like, why are we so in the hole in our film department um, mm-hmm. that is not connected to Star Wars or Marvel? Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the people can like point fingers to things in this movie all they want to as far as why it bond. But like, Nobody's seen the movie to have righteous indignation over it to begin with. It's more of they didn't know it was coming out. So if they don't, if they don't know it's out there, yeah, they're not going to see it. <laughs> so that's that's where that's what happened. It, it, it's not doing well. It's it's a yeah I, it's Thanksgiving release, like, big, big exactly big time to release a movie, and you know a lot theaters. of families are at home during Thanksgiving. It, it, I saw this movie. Granted, it was a it was later at night. It was eight thirty p.m. on a Wednesday, and in three D, and the three D looked pretty good, uh, uh-huh. but it was empty. Like there was there was, there was like four people in there. Yeah, um, it, it's sort of baffling. Um, none of the decision-making makes sense. And and I think Chapek and his, and his team really did fumble the ball because there is a world where this movie, it does pretty well. And yeah. people like it and it's fun. And, and, and I, I think once it hits Disney+, Plus, it will pick up a little more steam. I don't think it'll be as much of a explosion as Encanto was because it doesn't have the, the songs, songs attached to it. Yeah. But I, I do think people will will find it and watch it because content new content on a streaming platform people are like yeah okay and they click on it but especially right. when it comes um, to like families and something they could put in front of their children for you know hours on end yeah but it just feels like there was no confidence in it or you know it, it was just sort of looked at as like a the redheaded stepchild and they're just like we're yeah. just gonna throw it out there like you said as a commercial for disney plus like we'll put it in theaters as a treat uh but you know, you, no one's going to go see it. it. It's just, I don't know. That's it, a shame. They, they, 
but I will say I uh, went and saw it with my my partner and my dad and my nephew, which was fun to have all all you know of the different generations of family on uh-huh. the day after Thanksgiving, and it was you know I don't know half full, so it wasn't empty, but yeah, um, it definitely was not what you would think a, a new Disney movie on a holiday Friday would be. I also had a weird screening where it wasn't weird. I just went in there and I was the only one in there. And I was like, is there somebody in the back? Cause it looks kind of dark. And I was just looking over my shoulder every now and again during the movie, just to make sure I was going to get joked in the movie theater. <laughs> uh, but it was pretty, it, it was, it was completely empty in mind for sure. And uh, uh, so it is unfortunate because yeah, during the holidays, you know, there's usually some movies that everyone can go see because after you eat turkey or after you just hang out for the day, you're just like, I need to get away from my family for a little bit and I'll just go to the movie theater because it's always open. And this would have been a cool movie for, for people to see. So Maxwell, you mentioned this earlier. I mean, and Aaron, you do too. Like the shelf life on this, like after the fact of its theatrical release, you're probably going to have a lot of people that say like, oh, Strange World, I like that movie, um, which is a shame because they said this about um, uh, what was Spielberg's last movie? Uh, West Side Story, where it's like, oh, this movie is great. How come I didn't watch it in theaters? Like, you had your chance, man. You ah, your West chance. Side Story is incredible. Incredible, yeah, for sure. But, um, okay, well, thanks for that inside, Aaron. Like, it is unfortunate that that Chapek, you know, Bob Iger's handpicked successor, uh, decided not to um, make this move with this. Uh, he usually, he usually, you know, just leaves that to the Pixar people, but I guess he decided to go for Disney Animation this time as well. That's yeah. Over it. Uh, <laughs> it, well, I mean, we've talked about this plenty at this point in the past as far as you train audiences to see things a certain way. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to keep following the pattern. So it's like, OK, there's a Disney movie, but like, why would we not watch it at home if we have the opportunity to Disney Plus? Yeah. Uh, I've, I, the history of this service. I think will be fascinating in the you know decades to come when we see kind of the evolution of things as far as sure streaming versus theatrical. Um, well, okay, but it's a you know it's just an, it's unfortunate for you know a movie that lots of people work on costs a lot of money and they're like yeah throw up a bone right. for theaters that's that's a weird choice. So with feel like oh, this is mm-hmm. oh sorry last question do you yeah. think this is going to be in the the um, nomination for for best animated. I, I don't think it's going to. I would think Disney's putting their their money into the turning the turning red boat if they're you know choosing a animated yeah. film to kind of stand behind. Like they'll stand behind all their films because they do. But I think in a year where again there's been a lot of strong animated films from various studios, I think they're going to concentrate probably on turning red the most. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it has an outside shot, but there's like at least six or seven other films one i mentioned earlier like pinocchio and mm-hmm. and turning red as you said that are are going to be more more in the conversation i would even think maybe uh puss in boots has a better chance than uh strange world based on the, the reviews buzz, i've read the buzz is much stronger um, um and then marcel the Sh- cell shell with shoes on which is, is, an, ama- it's, is an amazing it's on the short movie list. And it yes. did qualify. Now, I do wonder if some in the animation branch are going to be like really stuck up because of how much live action there is in it and sure. ignore it. But it, it's such a wonderful, wonderful movie that I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that enough people are passionate about it to put it in. Because I think that would be a really cool moment for, for the animation category to have one that is more of a like hybrid of mediums. Mm-hmm. So 
I um Netflix has you know they have Pinocchio, they have Wendell and Wild, and they have uh, the Sea Beast, which I really like, which you and, really like, yeah. And I uh, oh yeah, that that's I I I don't see all three of those making it in, but I'm just I, mm-hmm. I it'd be cool to see you know I mean one of the Pinocchio is going to get in there because it's Guillermo del Toro, um but well there's also a, to see you know Apollo ten and a half which Apollo is ten and that, yeah, on that's, the short list. Yep, yep, that's, that's on right, there too. Yeah. The, the that said, all of that in mind. I want to live in a world where Phil Tippett's Mad God is right on so right alongside <laughs> Let's all go! much friendlier movies. Yeah. I want to see the clip of the Oscars where it's like playing these fun things from turning red, like turning red, girls singing the, the boy band songs, and then it goes yeah. to like crazy shit monsters and mad god, like doing god knows what's <laughs> in the background. <laughs> That's when we know that the animation department has become any type of film, not just like kids' films. By the way, Maxwell, you mentioned uh Marcel Shell, and I was like now I really want Isabella Rossellini to be nominated for best. best oh my god! Actress. I I I you know people are always like what what one or two categories should the Oscars add? And I for me it's always stunt performers, but vocal slash unseen performance because how many times in recent history have there been amazing mocap performances that are ignored and not taken seriously? 100%. And something like this, Isabella Rossellini in this movie gives such a beautiful performance. That I feel like there should be a category for the Oscars that that recognizes them because it's such a shame that they don't get appreciated. Agreed. Yeah. You know who would have won? Daniel Craig for Tintin. Because I was like, who is this guy? Maybe. And I was was like, you know, know if if the category had existed in the early 90s, Robin Williams would have won his first Oscar with Aladdin. Very true. So. Yeah. Not that this is, you know, something I care about, but I mean, the Golden Globes nominated Dellen DeGeneres for Finding Nemo back in the day, as I recall. P. Sherman for two all the way away, Sydney. For, for best supporting actress. I mean, yeah. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Oscar, get your act together. This um, is why allowed to be on the red carpet. We're just going to shut everybody down. <laughs> all right. Well, when should people go and see Strange World? It's currently playing in theaters. Maxwell added, where can, when should people see this movie? I would advocate to go see it in theaters. Take a chance on it. Maybe, you know, you've seen everything or you want to try something. Give it a shot. It, it's a really visually beautiful movie and i always say those should be seen on the big screen mm-hmm. abe how about you yeah for all the positives and some of the negatives that we have here i would probably say dollar theater and which is unfortunate because you could probably only catch it there right now anyway um because it's already been like three weeks but that's where i'd be with it i would agree with you i do think the movie's quite enjoyable and it's certainly you know the way you can really likely see it but i mean it's i do think you know you the the what you're getting as far as what Disney's delivering from a on a visual standpoint, you're getting a, a lot of good stuff here. You're getting a lot of just a feast for the eyes when it comes to a, the latest Disney animated film, which should not be a surprise, but it still works out in its favor as far as how good this movie looks. And it's just a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with this. Um, right. I, I like a good Jules Verne style story. So, you know, seeing yeah. Disney characters go to the center of the earth or what have you. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was our review for Strange World. Let's do Ooh. one more thing here. Let's do a little out and out feedback. Oh, I thought we were going to do games, and I was, like, really excited. I thought you had a secret game for us. I'd play a game. I'm always down for a game. I so don't I'm, have one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're hyping this way too much up because I don't have a game, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> we only have feedback, feedback, feedback. Um, all right. I, I do have some questions here from our Facebook page, Facebook.com. So I, podcast. I ask them to the listeners. They give some answers. Uh, Maxwell, feel free to throw in some thoughts as well as you come up through any. Um, first thing we have here. Uh, what are the strangest Disney friendships? Hmm. Justin writes Wally and the cockroach. 
Changes me friendships. They heard Coach hmm. would, would never die there. Um, it's got to be Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt in uh, Jungle Cruise, right? What? <laughs> what okay. That's, that's where you go. <laughs> it's weird. He's been alive for a thousand years. <laughs> Just running Jungle Cruises? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know. Robin Hood and Little John run through the forest. It's a fox and a bear. They don't get along. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, it. it's kind of weird that this, like... Uh, sad dude who lives in a bell tower is chilling with gargoyles that is pretty I'm like sad. huh that the that that's a weird friendship like what's going on there yeah i love I it it's great sanctuary. for all of them but yeah burns down. um <laughs> the next question here who's your favorite eccentric disney character philip has nicholas cage and national treasure see nicholas is on the same uh philip is on the same page as me with like you know the, the dwayne johnson and emily blunt i would argue that that's a very not eccentric performance because it's a very toned down he's, he's actually cage. yeah he's actually I mean, playing like a straight man most like normal nick cage person you could ask for in a movie <laughs> uh favorite eccentric disney characters it would i'd, I'd probably say um I mean, it's only the bowl cut guy, the one that looks like, I guess, Ringo, uh, but he's, he's the vulture uh, from the Jungle Book. That's your like, favorite eccentric Disney character. I love I love those guys. You know, he's he's always asking, like, what are you doing? And not much. What are you doing? So uh, they're pretty weird, right? You know, King Louie is pretty eccentric. I mean, he, he's just, you know, an orangutan. He's king. He hangs out his thing. He's dancing around all day. So he has a he's also like he feels like he's like life. running an empire there yeah yeah it's a pretty wacky life to live he's you know he on the one hand he's like singing a good tune on the other hand he's like also i need to deal with the like <laughs> the, the, the legal ramifications of some of my actions going on here like you know he's a kid it's <laughs> a good one next one anybody from you favorite weird eccentric disney characters um is he from red rabbit disney no yes yeah then I guess you could say uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, Judge Doom. He's pretty eccentric. <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. to cut you off there. No, I'm 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 thinking this is a, a yeah. bit of a stumper. I don't know. If you have anything that comes to mind, feel free to just shout it out randomly. Uh, fix it, Felix, and uh, Wreck It Ralph. He's pretty eccentric. Yeah, he's fixing everything though. He's a good guy. It's not a it's it's not a good or bad thing. It's just a <laughs> personality trait. That's all. <laughs> All right. Um, feel free. Yeah, shout one out if you have one next. Well, uh, last question we have here: What is the strangest Disney or Pixar world? Uh, Chris writes: There's so many questions about cars. <laughs> uh, You're not wrong, Chris. Philip has the Monsters Inc. world is pretty strange. Uh, yeah, it's pretty strange. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because what are they going to eat when they go out and eat sushi? I guess they're just eating regular fish, perhaps. What? Um, <laughs> you know, on the date night that the bike goes up. They just have, um, they're just monster fish. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Strange Disney Pixar worlds. I mean, you could say, you know, the aftermath of what happens in Wally to planet Earth. So it's pretty, it's pretty strange. Pretty sad. It's pretty weird. Just sad. I, I've always strange necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I've always taken umbrage with the existence of the computer wore tennis shoes because I feel very strongly that if a computer were to become sentient, that it would much more be a loafer kind of person. Mm, I like this take here. I respect it. Yeah. You know who else likes loafers? McBain. I mean, Rainier Wolfcastle. <laughs> Upon closer inspection, these are loafers. 
Uh, all right. Well, that was that was our Simpsons reference for the show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, Robin Hood. They're all these animals. They're running around. They've got clothes on and stuff. It's weird. Right? That's a strange world. <laughs> are there? Are there? Are they wearing pants in that movie? They are. No, of course they're not. Wearing... No, no. Baloo is or not Baloo, but Baloo. Little John's wearing pants, right? Is he little shorts not... on? Maybe I think little shorts on. Yeah, but Robin Hood is not. The fox is not. Now I don't know. Now I don't know. somebody somebody has like to look up this. images of this fucking thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Robin I feel Hood, like they are all they're all wearing. It's like, like he has shorts. like that. It's like a long, like kilt type thing. Like they're all wearing yeah, that. Okay. It's like it's a okay. it's a long shirt, but it has like not pants, but like a long kind of like hang down part. Not like a kilt, yeah. but like like no, I you hear know. you. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for looking that up in real time. Well, I'm just thinking about how this works. <laughs> so this, this this just proves my point that this is a strange world. Like they don't have pants, but they it have is quite weird because you know the king is like wearing like full on robes. <laughs> I think like the sheriff has like stockings or like like he has like like pantaloons essentially. <laughs> now you have named the strangest world. So there you go. I solved the question, guys. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, that's enough feedback. 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 And that's going to uh, do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron Ape, this bonus episode of Out Now with Aaron Ape. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for Leave Entertainment and Why So Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can remember fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag, you just got crap dusted. <laughs> uh, Maxwell Haddon, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell, where I am perhaps obnoxiously active, or uh, I have a YouTube <laughs> channel with my business partner called Ember Productions. We have some movie reviews and other stuff. I uh, just did a fairly long video review of The Fablemans and talking about reflections on that film and my Jewish identity, if you want to go check that out. Nice. Yeah, I do want to go check that out. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes about now with their name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, HTML, We're all on the internet. Yep. Email, email us at outnowpodcast.com. Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, all our socials. Yeah. Got all that stuff. Maxwell, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you, Maxwell. Thank you. It's always Thanks a pleasure. Thanks for going this strange journey. For talk me. movies with y'all. For sure. Uh, next week's show, a little bit up in the air as far as what we got to do exactly, but I know Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is certainly going to come up sometime very soon yes. um, we'll see about whether the whale opens in enough theaters uh, for all of us to be able to see it or other films uh, that are also arriving but uh, stay tuned because there's plenty of plenty of stuff arriving uh, in all these weeks um, with all of that said that's gonna do it for this week's episode so until next time so long and goodbye I, 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 things have never been stranger What I like about Turks and Caicos is that you get to go to Turks and the Caicos go for free. Listen, uh, when they formed this nation, they're like, Turks, you pay, but Caicos is a treat. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't talk deals. like that at all. <laughs>
Oh, I, no, I, listen, was, I was like as, really excited as a, that that's as a, as a Jew, I love it when you get a little something for free. They're like, exactly. come for the Kirks. Turks. Yeah. I was going to say, come for the Kirks. Stay <laughs> for the Tacos. <laughs> Wait, did you say tacos? Please put it in me. Ooh, no, no, yeah, I, of course, as a Jew, we always love a good deal. That's why I'm still, even though it's you know, Catholicism, I'm still raving about the fact that with the two popes, you get one pope and then the other one comes for free. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, listen, there's never not whoever was like, we're going to call this the two popes was like, uh-huh. this is a Catholic movie for Jews. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's perfect you know it's like i i came for one and they're like we threw in another pope like, thanks <laughs> don't get me started on 21 bridges oh my god so many bridges uh there aren't even that many bridges in this city <laughs> i've heard there are more so i don't know what to think about 21 bridges <laughs> where's it i thought that, were they in new york or were they in pittsburgh new i guess york. they're in new york yeah all right there are actually 24 20 24 that uh, that is an appropriately titled movie then. Just like our just like our podcast. Twenty four bridges. Although no, the, technically the twenty four podcast. There are twenty one ways in and out of Manhattan Island, but only seventeen of them are bridges. So it should oh. have been called Twenty One Bridges, or it should have been called Seventeen Bridges and a few tunnels, which would have also <laughs> been a great movie for Jews because it's like paying for the bridges, getting tunnels for free. <laughs> That's that should. Uh, you guys need to well. have your own spinoff pod. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just... I mean, we had multiple. They just kept canceling the shows we were talking. <laughs> well, about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we did that for years. They were like, "Oh, you like the, you like twenty four canceled? Oh, Sleepy Hollow Sleepy canceled." Hollow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I I look fondly back on the days of the Ikapod Crane Cast. Uh, the best titled Sleepy too. Hollow podcast. I know. Was. 